It's the Fantasy Basketball Podcast on the Action Network, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus, and I'm joined with my boy, Adam Koffler. Koffler, what's good, bro? How was your bye week? What up, man? It was fantastic. I had half the amount of DMs on Twitter. I'm just really looking forward to getting back into you know, the hustle and bustle and, uh, and grind of the NBA. Cruising the open seas to the Bahamas, chilling. I haven't been on vacation who knows how long, so... I was living vicariously through you, bro. So it sounds yeah, like even though time. even though on a cruise ship, you don't really have Internet. They give you 50 megabytes to work with for free on the first day. And you sort uh, of, you know, make sure make sure you're setting your fantasy basketball lineups throughout the week. In case there's any injuries or pickups you want to make. But it's definitely rough sailing. No pun intended. Yeah, it sounds like what was that like a Metro PCS deal? 50. No, megabytes? it's it's Gee, it's, sounds... it's the yeah, it's the Wi-Fi deal that they give you. And then they basically you still see your notifications on board. That's how they tried to get you to sign up for like a bigger internet package, uh, but it didn't work on me. I didn't do that. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, we're already a month into the NBA season. This is the week five look ahead. So we're going to discuss some of the key things that we saw over the course of the week and give you an update on some pretty notable injuries that happened. Um, some key players that returned to action, give you our schedule breakdown in the weekly dime. And then we're going to play a new game called play hold drop. If you guys listen to the Fantasy Flex with Samantha Praviti and Brandon Anderson, you'll be pretty familiar with that. We'll, we'll select three players and pretty much we decide whether we were to buy, hold, or sell um, their prospects for the rest of the season or at least the time being and hit the wire and then answer, answer some of your questions from the mailbag. Or we'll get your questions answered from Twitter. So let's not waste any time, man. Let's get into the discussion today. So kick it off to you, man. What's your weekly dime? What do you, what knowledge are you dropping this week? This one hurts me to say, but I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to sell my boy, uh, OG Ananobi. And let me explain to you why. So obviously everybody knows in the preseason, super high on this guy, because my understanding was Pascal Siakam was probably going to miss a little bit more time than he actually has missed. He's already back. He put up a line of 25, 9, and 7 in his last game. He looks like, you know, at this point, he's going to play back-to-backs already. So in his first three games back, OG Ananobi's usage rate has dropped to 19.9%. It was at almost 25% with Siakam out of the lineup. He's averaging only 15.7 points on 15 shot attempts in those three games with Siakam. And without Siakam, he was averaging 21 points on 18 shot attempts. So don't get me wrong. The, the, the peripheral stats and stuff and the, and the percentages are still going to be there for Ananobi, but you can't really expect a top 40 guy um, at this point. So, you know, he's, he's at sitting at 45 right now on a per game basis. Um, if you can sell him for, you know, guys like, and I'm, and I mean this right. Mo Bamba, Evan Mobley, CJ McCollum. And honestly, I probably trade, Ananobi for Pascal Siakam straight up right now. That's interesting. Um, you've turned over a new leaf, man. You're, you're admitting, wow, admitting it so early on. This is your dude, OG Ananobi, not, since yeah. like preseason, preseason, early summer. But I don't know. It was, we talked about it last week and who was going to suffer when Pascal Siakam came back. And we both kind of pegged Gary Trent Jr. He didn't miss a beat. He's still getting over 35 minutes a game, hit two, three, hit four threes twice over 22 points a game. Um, so it doesn't really look like he's had much of an impact. Even Scotty Barnes. I mean, he saw 39 minutes the first game back 38 in the last game. Um, his scoring has gone down, but he's still contributing those uh, peripheral stats and the rebounds and assists and, and steals. So yeah, it looks like OG might be the one here as his, his usage rate just went under 20 here. Yeah, I don't it's, I think it's kind of hard. That's a, that's an interesting play of trading OG Ananobi for Pascal Siakam. So think about it. Think about it, right? If Pascal Siakam didn't come into the season with an injury, he would have been drafted ahead of Ananobi. He would have yeah. been top 25, Ananobi, you know, top 35, top 40. And now we're talking about a, a very healthy Pascal Siakam. And I think I think that a, a trade like that like sort of makes sense. 
and gets out ahead of the production that Siakam's going to give you. Right. And did Pascal Siakam start at center again? Because uh, I saw that Precious Achua was ruled out on yes. Saturday yep. night. So did, did he get the start at center? No, that's so, also no, so Achua started. Fred Van Vliet was out the game that Siakam went ham. True, so, true. So we don't really we haven't seen it yet with Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, and all those guys healthy. I don't think with Siakam playing a full set of minutes. Right. So right, it'll be interesting to see what happens when that happens. But you know, I think Ananobi can still be a top you know six fifty sixty player. But you know, to expect like this pop and have him be like a top thirty player, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Fair enough. Yeah, my dime of the week is bye 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 Evan Mobley. So I'm really not high on rookies, generally speaking, in fantasy terms, but he'll finish out this week um, as the number number 11 ranked player overall. He's currently 37 for the season. This week, averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, 2.3 assists, a 1.3 steals, two blocks, one and a half threes on 60% shooting from the field and 77% from the free throw line. But really, it's not even just the box scores. This guy passes all the eye tests. Like I was talking, we were talking about before the show and like who we're kind of think of like who to compare him to. You threw out Kevin Garnett. I see more uh, Chris Bosh mainly because he doesn't have that tenacity like uh, Kevin Garnett did. But like, man, this dude's motor. He can run all the way up and down the floor. He plays both ways. He already has an offensive skill set that's well beyond his peers um, in the rookie class. He's got turnaround, fadeaway. He can handle the ball. He can shoot from the top of the key. He's hitting threes already. Man, this guy is a, a matchup nightmare. And more interestingly enough, I think he could, Yahoo should be able to give him uh, small forward positional eligibility because he's played 29% of his minutes at small forward compared to only 26% at center. And he already has center eligibility. So something to look, look for there. But I don't know. Without Colin Sexton, we'll talk about in a little bit um, his recent injury. Ricky Rubio, Darius Garland, and Mobley are just balling together. They lead this, the Cavaliers in plus minus, and the Cavs are nine and five going into Monday. So um, I think Evan Mobley's here to stay. I'm going to do weird things to try to acquire him. The unfortunate thing is, like our most competitive league, Burnsy has him. So I don't know. I don't think he's going <laughs> to give him up, man. He's not no, giving him for up. sure. For sure not. That's, I mean, great call. I love Evan Mobley. And like I said, I would trade a guy like Ananobi for Mobley. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's here to stay. We saw this with DeAndre Ayton, his rookie season. He finished as a top 30 player. Um, I think the big men, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, on one of our shows, I think. Uh, the big men, big men rookies that, that provide those peripheral stats and shoot high percentages can finish like really well their rookie season. And guys like, you know, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, not so much because they just don't shoot it well and turn the ball over too much. Right. He leads the Cavaliers in minutes as a crazy. Rookie. So crazy yeah. special kid. All right. So let's talk about some, some key injuries that happened over the course of last week. That's really important to monitor if you're rostering any of these guys. So I just mentioned him, Colin Sexton. He tore his meniscus, no time ta- timetable for his return as he still seeks out medical opinions. Uh, but per Woj, it looks like it's going to be an extended absence uh, what are you seeing from from uh, the Cavaliers? Kind of touched on it. Ricky Rubio is a lock. Definitely should be rostered in most leagues and expecting more upticks in Garland and Mobley. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, uh, Evan Mobley usage percentage goes up 2.4% with Colin Sexton off the floor. That's That leads the team. Rubio is up 2.2%. He's still coming off the bench uh, behind Garland, but he's essentially a higher scoring, uh, higher producing like TJ McConnell type. So he he needs to be rostered everywhere in all leagues, and and Darius Garland's really hooping. So yes. you know I'm 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 in on all the Cavs because you see they're they're playing with a pretty tight rotation and guys are playing some heavy minutes there. Yeah, they still got they're still going through some uh, COVID COVID stuff too. Uh, Lori Markinen is still out, um, as well as a couple other players. But uh, yeah, so the other the other guy pretty notable that that's been out is DeAndre Ayton, Suns beat writer Dwayne Rankin uh, posted a video of Ayton uh, I saw on Saturday going through some more rigorous workouts and Monty Williams has stated that he really wants to play. So he's, I think we should expect him to be good for week five. Uh, the Suns do play four games, but in the event that Aiden isn't ready to go, uh, think Frank Kaminsky has probably been the biggest beneficiary averaging 16 points, six rebounds with one and a half blocks on 58% shooting um, in his absence over the last couple of games. Um, any thoughts on Aiden, whether you're concerned about his, his outlook going forward. 
Yeah, the Aiton thing was a little concerning, especially when he came he he missed one game, then came back for one game, and apparently you know reaggravated that leg. And he's been out for four straight games after that. And so you have to believe that something happened during that game that caused him to miss the next week of action. But if, uh, you know, Franken's saying that he looks healthy and wants to get out there, then, then I think, you know, you got to trust that with four games. Like I like that a lot. Um, you know, in his absence, we saw JaVale McGee get the starts, but it was like you said, Kaminsky that was putting up, you know, you know, much, much better stat lines than, than JaVale McGee. And he was even getting more minutes running with the second unit. So Kaminsky's the guy there if if Aiden misses more time. Yeah, he kind of came back to earth after that 31-point outing. But uh, if you had him rostered like we told you to last week, uh, that would have been a nice little boost for the points category there. And he hit quite a few threes and gave you the boards as well. Um, so the next guy, we, we pressed the panic button on this guy a few weeks ago. Pretty concerned here, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, what do we know about his back injury? Man, I'll tell you something. I have a back injury right now and I can barely walk. So if this this is a guy with chronic back issues from previous seasons too, like I, I, what are we what are we supposed to what are we supposed to do with this guy? The Nuggets aren't giving us a firm timetable. It feels like it feels like, you know, dealing with the Patriots or something in terms of, you know, making guys questionable or whatever. He keeps getting ruled out, you know, nights in advance. Right. Still so that's that's never a good sign. So, uh, you know, it's it's just not a good look all the way around, um, you know, for his prospects moving forward. I have a hard time buying low on an injured player, um, but there's there's some guys that that definitely benefit from this. I know we're going to probably talk about some of those guys uh, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really frustrating as a manager because I don't know that is Michael Porter Jr. even IL eligible, being that he's still day to day. I know he's missed no, I, three games now. So. Yeah, I think I think he's out right now because I think okay. that it's still the day to day designation. But you're right; he can't go on the IL because of that. But it's frustrating. Ho- hopefully, hopefully the platforms decide to do that because it, I'm thinking this is going to be something a little bit longer term. And uh, one of the more one of the more popular players in the NBA here, LeBron James, still dealing with an abdominal issue, and reports are coming in that he could miss weeks. What are your thoughts on Bron? I mean, we've been, uh, we don't need to remind you how much we were fading LeBron from the jump, but here we are. Listen, man, it's crazy that it, you wouldn't think it, but he's ranked eighth on a per game basis right now. I mean, he's missed a bunch of games recently, but he's a guy that he, he said he plays better with more minutes per game. So, so uh, the Lakers have been playing him, you know, 35, 36 minutes a game. Uh, so he's actually, he's actually a guy I'm sort of interested in buying low on. Like, I think, I think people have this notion now that he's injury prone. I don't know that he's injury prone. I think he's going to come back completely healthy whenever he comes back. Could be a week, could be two weeks. Uh, I think we've heard that, um, like you said, it could be, you know, weeks instead of days. I think that was like a week ago or something. So there's a chance he's back in the next couple weeks. Um, and I think people are probably a little bit scared off of him. I, tr- I trust a guy like LeBron a little bit more than I would trust a guy like Joel Embiid at this point in terms of like, who's going to miss more games with due to injury or rest, you know? So I think it's a good, I think it's a good buy low window right now with LeBron. Yeah. You know, I mean, worst case, you know, LeBron's going to be back for Christmas. LeBron never misses Christmas. Okay. Um, you know, I think AD is doing a good job holding it down. Carmelo Anthony is, <laughs> somehow fantasy relevant again, uh, holding it down, playing uh, a lot of solid minutes uh, in, in his absence. But yeah, you know, you got to expect LeBron eventually will come back. I mean, the the schedule for the second half of the season for the Lakers is one of the most favorable. And that's obviously by design. Adam Silver knows what he's doing. So I, I agree with you. It could be a, a nice buy low opportunity for someone that could be frustrated with uh, LeBron's status. I probably won't be putting in bids for him, but I could definitely see the argument for it. Um, now the Warriors are, are just crushing, dominating, doing everything. Steph Curry, MVP, um, it's probably between him and Durant right now, but Clay Thompson, we got where Jordan Schultz reported that he could be back in five to six weeks, maybe even for Christmas. Um, I don't know that they'll rush him back for Christmas, but all reports show that Clay looks great. He's in, he's healthy. He's starting to take contact playing in practice. So a lot of upside here for the Warriors. And if you have him stashed, well done. Uh, Clay Thompson could definitely be someone that could help you um, as the season progresses and as minutes ramp up in the second half of the season. But I'd say the most concerning person that we still haven't gotten much, much information on is Zion Williamson. 
He's still reportedly weeks away. But what are your thoughts on Zion? And if you're if you're holding him in an IR spot, IL spot, what do you want to do? Are you are you trying to sell him right now for anything you can get, or are you holding him? What do you, what are you doing? I'd rather have Kyrie Irving um, and hope it, hope that the mayor of New York City decides to you know reverse the the vaccination policy <laughs> because yeah, that's the fact. Yeah, that's more dude, likely. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about we're talking about a guy on a team with what do they have? One win, maybe two wins. Something like that, right? They're and not good. They're not good. He's weeks away. Zion doesn't want to play in New Orleans. I'm sure the agent has something to do with it. You know, this this whole, oh, he's got a setback. We're going to reevaluate in this amount of time. Like, I was totally off this guy to begin with. But, I mean, if he's in your IL spot, you're holding, obviously, uh, unless somebody comes to you with an offer thinking that they're being clever and buying low. Uh, I'm really not interested in Zion unless, you know, I have a build where, uh, I'm punting free throws and uh, you know everything else besides points and rebounds. Um, it's just it's just not it's just it's just not a guy that interests me, especially coming off the injury and on, on a losing team. Just just no thank you all around. The optics from the beginning, from hey I want out, plus oh s- surprise I got surgery on my foot, and dude, you can't you got to look at him on the sideline, dude. He's this, huge. This he is, is like my, a, this sounds like Michael Thomas, man. Like yeah, yeah. In the real. NFL, like yeah, like oh, I don't want to be on the Saints. Oh, this guy's my quarterback. Oh, I didn't. I decided, decided not to get surgery. Oh, now it's you know now I need out more rehab. Right out for the season. <laughs> that's what that's where we're training. Team. Like and dude, he it's gonna take him a while to get in shape, man. He's looking brolic, brolic. Like he's, he's like three hundred pounds. He's like three hundred pounds. Easily, easily, he's blowing Jeez. up. So I know. Yeah. It's uh, that's that's tough. Uh, I would probably try to sell as best I can, but I don't even know what value you're going to get right now, just given all the optics behind it. But yeah, let's uh, let's switch to the people that are actually playing. Um, Dylan Brooks made made it back for the Memphis Grizzlies. Should we be pouring out a little liquor for DeAnthony Melton, man? Um, let me get your thoughts there. What, what do you what do you think about Melton going going forward? Being that Dylan yeah. Brooks is now starting again and coming in, dropping buckets, 20, 22 points. Uh, in his first two contests. Yeah, Taylor Brooks, the head coach of the Grizzlies, said that Brooks would be on a like a 20-something minute restriction in his uh, first start back. I think he played 30 minutes that game. Uh, we see all the time where restrictions are lifted when you know teams are trying to get uh, Ws. But if the Grizzlies are really trying to win, they're, they're not going to you know, run Dylan Brooks that, out that many minutes. He's just like a – he's a ball hog who just shoots too much, honestly. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's that good for the team. I think the team's been playing very well with Melton and Bain starting, but you know, that's neither here nor there because that's not happening, but uh, he's, you know, Dylan Brooks in, in two games back has taken almost 18 shot attempts per game. So right there you, you see like the, just the usage is very high for that guy and Melton headed to the bench and then he played uh, 18 minutes, only scored two points with, you know, four rebounds and I think one steal. So Unfortunately, with Melton, like you're not going to be selling because you're going to be selling him very low. I think he can still be a, a viable fantasy asset on the bench if he gets north of 20 minutes per game because we, we see he can rack up the steals and blocks pretty quickly. But uh, temper expectations on Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton with Dylan Brooks back in the lineup, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I didn't reach for Dylan Brooks at all. I do have DeAnthony Melton on quite on a couple of rosters. I'm holding. I'm holding tight, man. I think he's still going to get his minutes. And we know what he does in in um, in limited time. He still produces. So, um, so, so here's the garbage, so here's, yeah, so here's the here's the one thing with Dylan Brooks. Last season, he averaged you know nearly 18 points a game. Didn't didn't do a whole lot, you know, with some of the peripheral uh, other stats. But he wasn't even a top 150 player in nine cat leagues. Like it's a guy who has a high usage rate, turns the ball over, doesn't shoot a high percentage. He looks really good in his first two games back. Like if you were holding on to Dylan Brooks, maybe take this opportunity to see what you can get for him with people like hype that he's back and like performing really well. It's just very small sample size. He's only been back for a couple of games, but he's pretty much being the same person he was last year. He dropped 17 a game last year on 40% shooting with like three rebounds and two assists. Right now he's averaging four rebounds and three assists. So I don't know. I'm not expecting a big leap out of this guy. I was pretty high on him last year, but you're right. He's pretty much a glorified Tim Hardaway Jr. He pretty much is Tim Hardaway Jr. at this point. Dude, we so. got here's here's the, here's the list of guys in the Tim Hardaway Jr. category: <laughs> Devin Devin Booker, right? Uh, Dylan Brooks and Keldon Johnson. Yeah, they give you got points. It. They'll give you some threes, and then they don't really do much else other than that. 
Uh, although yeah. Booker is still not that. You're still wilding on that. Booker. What's Booker's? That. What's Booker's ranking this season? Let's see. Getting- Booker, sixty third overall. And this dude was like a top thirty pick constantly. Yeah, he was. He was. It's true. But he always has that time where like he starts kind of slow, then he'll go through this stretch where he'll just ball out. But yeah, Chris Paul's still a better fantasy asset than than Devin Booker is. Exactly. Exactly. Just like Chris Asporzingis is a better fantasy asset than Luka Doncic. When he's healthy. So yeah, let's talk about it. So he's healthy right now. <laughs> he just returned to play. He's been a top 16 player the last couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on Porzingis now that he's healthy? Are you are you buying? Are you holding, selling? What what are you doing with him? Buying because I was I was a buyer in the preseason. So a healthy Chris Stapps is absolutely a buy for me. And this top 16 stuff is not a facade because he's been a top 30 player uh, when healthy the past two seasons. Obviously, he wasn't healthy the past two seasons, but let's chalk that up to, you know, the COVID stuff and the, you know, the weird schedule, the condensed, uh, you know, games and stuff and all the back-to-backs. Um, I- I'm, I'm totally in on Chris S. Porzingis. No doubt about that. it. Um, next guy. Yeah. want to talk about Pat. We already talked about Pascal Siakam, so we can pass on him. want to hit up some schedule things real quick. The Spurs are the only team to play two games this week. No games after Thursday. So all those fringe guys, the Lonnie Walkers, uh, Drew Eubanks, depending on where Jacoperto is in his re- is in his recovery uh, from COVID, they won't really be useful to you. The Knicks are the only team that plays on Saturday and Sunday, and then there are three games on Tuesday and six games on Thursday. So make sure you guys target players on those Tuesday Thursday slates to kind of get a leg up on your opponents. One more thing on the schedule, and this was the same thing as last week, essentially. The Warriors and the Clippers both play four games and both have all their games on the lightest slate, uh, the lightest uh, night slate. So your fringe guys for, for both of those teams are, you know, the uh, guys like Isaiah Hartenstein, once again, uh, Nemanja Bielitsa, Gary Payton, the second, like those are guys that you want to roster next week uh, for sure. Cause you're going to get four games out of them and not going to have to worry about schedule conflicts on the nights that too many teams play. Um, and then a couple just hot, hot off the press here. It looks like Chris Middleton's going to be returning to play by Wednesday. He's been out missed several of games with COVID. So that'll be great. Jakob reportedly will be back by Tuesday. He's been practicing. So it looks like he'll, He'll be back soon enough, but you're not going to get much out of him considering that they only play two games. Uh, but you can drop uh, Drew Eubanks if you picked him up in this absence. And then it looks like Bradley Beal is going to be out uh, for the next couple of games. He's still dealing with the death of his grandmother. So um, he's away from the team right now. So prayers up for him. So let's get into our new segment, man. Play, hold, drop. I'm going to give you three players. You tell me whether you're buying, holding, or selling them heading into week five. Let's kick it off with a couple of Sixers here. Tyrese Maxey, who's been an absolute stud over the last week, seventh overall in, fan, in head-to-head Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Andre Drummond and the Bucks' new ball and guard, Grayson Allen. Which one are you buying, selling, and holding? Uh, I'm going to hold Tyrese Maxey. Um, I'm going to sell the shit out of Grayson Allen. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, you know, I'm I, I'm gonna buy. I guess I'm gonna buy Andre Drummond then, because I talked about this before when I was comparing LeBron and and uh, and Joel Embiid in terms of who's gonna miss more games. Obviously, Embiid's dealing with the COVID stuff. Yeah, I think he's been pretty asymptomatic, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, this is a guy that you know is is destined to miss more games. And even if he doesn't, Drummond comes off the bench and spells him and still plays 18 and 20 minutes and, and puts up really good lines. But with Embiid out the last four games, he's had he's averaged 18.3 boards and 2.3 blocks per game. That's insane. So to have that luxury, you know, behind Embiid or, you know, when Embiid misses games, like that's that's huge. And then Maxi has been balling out lately, obviously without Embiid, a couple games without Tobias Harris and a couple other Sixers with the COVID protocols. 26 points, five rebounds, and 4.3 assists in the last four games. That's just absolutely insane. We saw some of that last season when the Sixers dealt with COVID protocols as well. But the usage rate is up, uh, you know, two and a half percent right now. Um, I think he comes back down to earth a little bit with all everybody healthy uh, and in the lineup. And then Grayson Allen obviously has benefited from uh, Middleton and Adekumpo and Holiday's absence, and he's been averaging what like four and a half threes per game. Like you, you can't tell me that's going to continue. 
I, I still think he could be like a Duncan Robinson type, but he's not going to put up these, you know, top 30, per, you know, per game stats that he's been putting up recently. Yeah. I think Grayson Allen is definitely the sell for me. I think he's benefited with, with Chris Middleton being out and yeah, he's just hitting a ridiculous amount of shots right now from three. It's really just bolstering his value, but he's still only shooting 44% from the field, which isn't that enticing versus, I mean, these guys are sitting right next to each other. Tyrese Maxey's 44th overall heading into week five and Grayson Allen's 45. So um, more impressive about Tyrese Maxey, man, is the efficiency. He's averaging 17.6 points per game, but he's doing it on 52% shooting 88% from the free throw line. And he's giving you a little steals and almost a, a block a game. So yeah, Tyrese Maxey, definitely a baller. Um, really curious to see how this Ben Simmons saga continues to work itself out. Tobias Harris is back into the full, but Danny Green just went out with a hamstring injury again. So I don't know. The Sixers just are continuing to battle some injuries. And I don't know these young bucks, people like Tyrese Maxey are definitely going to have time to shine. So uh, he's definitely the guy that I want uh, to, to uh, believe in and buy. And Andre Drummond, I agree with you. Can't really rely on the health of Joel Embiid. So yeah, with the volume rebounds, he can win you a, he can win you rebound categories in a couple of games in a week. So yeah, Andre Drummond definitely does have some upside. Uh, let's go to the next three. A couple of wizards, Montrez Harrell, Daniel Gafford, and your, uh, well, he's still kind of your boy, DeAnthony Melton. What are your, what are your thoughts on those three? <laughs> I am, uh, this this one this one's tough. You know, with the Anthony Melton, you have to hold, I think, because I don't think you're gonna get much for him at the at this moment with Dylan right. Brooks ball balling out and coming back in the lineup and Melton, you know, heading to the bench. So, you know, I've heard people say that the Anthony Melton is is a possible drop. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's a drop yet. I think we we could get there if if he, you know, starts to see 15 to 18 minutes a game, then obviously he's a drop, but you know, give us some time and see what, see what the lineups look like and shake out uh, to be. And then in terms of Montrez Harrell and Daniel Gafford, this is interesting because we got Thomas Bryant uh, on a timeline to return sometime around the new year from his uh, ACL recovery. And that's going to affect probably both guys a little bit, but it might affect Daniel Gafford even more because, because Harrell's going to come off the bench and give you 25 to 30 minutes every single game regardless of, of what's going on. And he, he tends to play more in the, uh, the games that, you know, aren't as competitive, I, I would say. And then Gafford plays a little bit more when it, when it is a competitive game, cause he's a starter typically. And if, if it's like a big man type matchup, then Gafford's going to be out there, but Harold's Harold's been balling even without, I mean, even with Gafford in lineup and he's only getting 25 minutes a game, Harold can still put up lines of like 16, eight, few assists, stealing a block or whatever, and, and shoot these high percentages. He's like a poor man's Rashawn Holmes, uh, to be honest. And, and there's nothing wrong with that from a fantasy perspective. And I think I was a little bit low on Montrez Harrell, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I, th- I think I said to sell him high because Gafford was returning to the lineup. But I think there's a, a place for Harrell on fantasy teams, even with Gafford there. I've rostered Gafford and uh, on a couple of teams, and he's extremely frustrating just not seeing what, I expected from from him in the points and rebounds category. He's still giving you those steals and blocks, which has been super helpful. Um, and what he's really known for, he's getting um, you know one point three uh, steals and two point nine blocks per thirty six. But problem is, those minutes aren't also there either. He's only averaging um, around twenty minutes per game this season. So Montrez Harrell is the guy that I want. And if you look at the numbers the Wizards are better with Harrell on the court, which is like the stat that always seemed to go against Montrez Harrell. He was always a guy that was a liability on defense. Well, um, on-court metrics, man, on the court, the Wizards are plus 10 or plus 11 off the court. They they miss him. So, yeah, it's uh, I think this is going to be Harrell's, Harrell's role, whether Bryant's there, Gafford's there, Montrez is going to be the one that you want. And uh, Gafford... I got I think I'm going to drop him, man. I, I want to hold on to D'Anthony Melton because D'Anthony Melton to me is more valuable than Daniel Gafford. I don't, I just don't, for the risk of having Thomas Bryant come back in only a couple of months for the way that he's played, uh, I don't really have much faith in Daniel Gafford here. So yeah, unfortunately right now, I mean, I, I don't have a choice in a deep 12 competitive, competitive 12 team league. I'm not dropping him because someone, I'm not going to let someone else pick up those scraps and benefit from it. I invested in it. So I'm going to ride with it, but yeah, I'd rather have Melton over him right now. So the final one, uh, Nick Batum, 
Will Barton and Isaiah Stewart. Nick Batum, Will Barton, Isaiah Stewart. Well, Nick I want to. I want to. I want to buy two. I want to buy two of these guys. Can, can okay. I do that? Okay. All right. So I want to. I want to. I want to buy. I want to buy Will Barton because of the Michael Porter Jr. injury, and uh, in two of the last three games, he's at twenty-five or more points uh, with pretty good stat lines across the board, and I think he's kind of coming into his own. Uh, as one of the top go-to guys for the Nuggets, he's playing pretty heavy minutes too. Uh, so I'm I'm buying Will Barton. You're going to get some nights that the shooting efficiency isn't there. He shot two of eleven from the field in his last game, but still was able to put up some peripheral stats and and played played a heavy set of minutes in that one too. Uh, so I'll buy him. Uh, buying Isaiah Stewart with the Kelly Olynyk. Uh, Ziva, he's a meniscus injury, I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be out for a while. He's going to be out at least six weeks, I believe. Uh, in Isaiah Stewart's first game without Olenek coming off the bench, he played a heavy set of minutes. I think he played 33 minutes, and he's been typically playing like 25, 26 minutes a game. Um, because of that, I think I, I just envisioned the Pistons giving him more time on the floor without without bringing a guy like Olenek off the bench to, to dispel him and take some of his minutes away. So, so I'm buying Stewart because I think – you know, what we were excited about in the preseason was, was all the minutes that he was going to get. He, he hasn't been getting 30 plus, but if he can get 30 plus and he's the go-to guy now, I, I'm, I'm in on that. And then Nick Batum, we talked about this pre-show. I actually really like Nick Batum. He's like a glorified Royce O'Neal. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but in nine category leagues, he's a guy who just does everything for you with high percentages and no turnovers. Like there's, there's a place for those guys in nine cat leagues and they're undervalued every single year especially a guy like Nick Batum, who's playing 28 minutes per game, locked in as a starter on a team that only runs like an eight-man rotation night in and night out. Like, there's definitely a place for that on a winning squad. Yeah, this screams so high to me. Um, I don't – yeah, Nick Batum is my issue because <laughs> it's Nick Batum. He's currently 40 overall. Over the last two weeks, he's number 11. Get the fuck out of here with that. He's averaging – 10, uh, 10, 11 points a game, six rebounds, one and a half assists, 1.3 steals, nine, nine, uh, 0.9 blocks. Doesn't turn over the ball, which is nice. Uh, not a great free throw shooter, but he doesn't shoot many of them. He's only shooting 43% from the free throw line. But he's getting 28 minutes. I, I don't know. I would ride. This is one of those guys where he's just outperforming his expectation by way too much of a margin that I'm comfortable with riding him out. I would sell him for whatever I can get at this point um, because he doesn't carry a lot of name notoriety. What you're getting for him, great waiver wire pickup. Uh, maximize that and get yourself a better player on someone that you might be able to buy low on. Will Barton, with, with Michael Porter Jr. out, this guy's putting up career numbers um, across pretty much across the board. It's, uh, let's see here, assists, career high, points per game, three-point percentage, field goal percentage, three-pointers made. Uh, he's, just, he's just balling out. So, yeah, I see no reason that you'd want to sell Will Barton, especially given – the significance of Michael Porter Jr.'s injury. And then Isaiah Stewart, I think that that's, that's a guy that uh, I would totally hold on to. Um, I think it's promising that he got 32 minutes with Kelly Olenek out, 20 points, only four rebounds, but he did have three assists. So I think there's definitely some upside here with, 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 uh, I just learned of his nicknames. It's actually Beef Stew. I like yeah, Michael, Michael Gallagher says it all the time. Beef Stew. Yeah, 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 Beef Stew. So I, I'm feeling Beef Stew. Next up here on Buckets is a segment we call Elite Entries, where I'll dive into the PrizePix app to pick out the best props that I like and build some entries. My first play is Rashawn Holmes over 9.5 rebounds versus Detroit. Rashawn Holmes averaging 17 and 13 against Detroit last season. Now Detroit will be without starting center Kelly Olenek, and he comes into Monday averaging 11 rebounds per game. He's pulling down a career-high 21% of available rebounds when on the floor this season, and Detroit is allowing 17.5 rebounds per game to opposing centers. This is a great spot for Rashawn Holmes to continue his dominance in the paint. I'm taking the over here, 9.5 rebounds for Rashawn Holmes. The second play that I like is Spencer Dinwiddie over five rebounds versus the New Orleans Pelicans. So Bradley Beal is going to miss his second straight game due to personal reasons. And in two games without Bradley Beal, Dinwiddie has grabbed nine rebounds and 10 rebounds respectively. New Orleans is allowing opposing point guards to grab 7.3 rebounds per game. And he's averaging five and a half rebounds 
per game this season, and he's gone over this prop in 55% of the games thus far. I'm taking Spencer Dinwiddie over five rebounds versus the Pelicans. And to close out my props, I'm going with Clint Capella over 11.5 points versus the Orlando Magic. So Capella's scoring has been down this year, only 10.2 per game, but he has found success against Wendell Carter Jr. in his career. In five starts against Wendell Carter, Capella has gone over 11.5 points in each of the last five games with an average of 14.8 points per game over that span. He's gone over his points prop in five of his last seven games, and he has a career average versus Orlando of 13.7 points. And he's averaging 11.3 points at home this season compared to only 9.8 on the road. I think this is a great spot for Clint Capella to dominate the paint and uh, score some buckets. All right, so that's our elite entry for today. I'm going with Rashawn Holmes over nine and a half rebounds, Spencer Dinwiddie over five rebounds, and Clint Capella over 11 and a half points. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you'll want to grab this as fast as you can in order to lock in the best numbers. And if you haven't created a prize pick account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or visit prizepicks.com and use promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N 10. Now back to the show. Man, let's hit the panic button real quick on a on on a few players here. We'll start with some rookies. Give me your thoughts on Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Suggs. What are you doing with those guys? In all seriousness, you, you could legitimately cut Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs from your teams right now. So Jalen Suggs at least got hurt. Uh, he's going to be out probably for a little bit for that ankle it, injury. But, but, I, but I saw, I saw wasn't he was very good before that. I saw he was questionable uh, for the Magic's next game. So I don't think it's that serious. But he, I think they're both shooting under 40%. And it's, I know it's, I know it's enticing because these guys have big names, right? They, they came with high expectations, high but picks. Yeah. they're both, they're both underperforming as far as nine cat fantasy basketball leagues are concerned. They're both not top 150 players. Jalen green is there because of the, the threes and the points and some of the, some of the rebounds. I don't think he turns the ball over nearly as much as those guys. Um, but so I'd probably hold on to Jalen Green. But if you wanted to pick up a streamer, you know, guy that plays four games in a week and Cade Cunningham plays, you know, the Pistons play two games in that week, like he's droppable. I mean, obviously we're not talking about dynasty teams here. We're talking about just redraft uh, fantasy leagues. But yeah, these guys, they're going to hurt you every single week in, in turnovers and field goal percentage. So if you're okay with that, then, you know, by all means, but they're not putting up ridiculous stat lines that make it so you can stomach those, those poor fishing. Uh, efficiency metrics yeah I think it's it's really just the inconsistency right like I think if I was going to buy into one person I think it'd probably be Cade Cunningham over Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs mainly because um, we saw Cade Cunningham get a huge bucket to close out um, I forget which team it was on Saturday uh, but they got a victory Um, he didn't play what particularly well in the game but he got the shot wanted the moment um, and took it so I think that he's eventually going to figure it out Whereas Jalen Green, I think, is just going to be a bit inconsistent. Just, you know, if you're looking at his, his game logs, I mean, he's gone over 20 points in, a, in three games this season and then sprinkled in between that as a 10-point, 13-point. Um, doesn't really give you much peripheral stats. He's only averaging uh, 3.5 rebounds and 2.8 assists. So that's not really – it looks like we're looking at another Dylan Brooks, Tim Hardaway Jr. type of guy, <laughs> um, efficiency-wise at least, only shooting 36%. Like, I can't – you can't take those kind of a hits um, and inefficiency hits on your squad. So I definitely see the the argument for cutting them. And then the other guys, a couple of Knicks, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett. What are your thoughts on those guys? Are you hitting the panic button on them? Fournier started the season really hot. Uh, recently, he's been playing closer to 25 minutes than he has uh, like the 30 plus minutes that he was seeing early on. And I said after the first couple of games to sell high on Evan Fournier because I, you know, I didn't think that that was sustainable. It looks like that is absolutely correct. The Knicks are playing uh, a 10 man rotation and their bench is probably the best in the league uh, with guys like Derek Rose and Emmanuel quickly and Alec Burks all taking up minutes and shots from Fournier. So yeah, I'm, I mean, 
was he ever a guy that like everybody was super high on and, and you know, that we're now we're panicking. Like he, he was never expected to be this good. Right. So I'm not sure it's a panic on him necessarily, but I'm not interested in rostering him and actually was able to just flip him for Andrew Wiggins, which I, I was pretty happy about. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good trade, man. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has looked pretty good. I mean, more or less the same guy, but he's just putting up his efficiency numbers a bit. Um, but he just looks really good on an inspired Warriors squad. Um, I just want to buy into to Warriors players at this point because uh, they're all balling out. But I am pressing the panic meter on RJ Barrett. I mean, he is 89% rostered. It just went down by 2% over the last week. He's sitting at 163 overall right now, shooting 41% from the field. Uh, he's down from last year in, in most statistics here. He's down on points, down on rebounds, down on assists. Doesn't do anything defensively. Um, so, yeah, this could just be a product. You talk about it a lot. You you try to avoid teams that have deep rosters, deep benches. That's essentially what the Knicks are. And even though Thibodeau likes to play his starters a lot of minutes, he's been giving those second unit players um, some decent run, and they've been performing. Their plus minus is outperforming the starters right now. So, yeah, R.J. Barrett's going to have to figure it out, but it's probably just a byproduct of bringing in more talent. Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit less usage for him that he saw last year, which is him and Julius Randle being really the only assets other than Derrick Rose. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, Barrett doesn't, yeah, Barrett fits in the in the category with like your, you know, Kelvin Johnson and Tim Hardaway. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's like a, he's a, you know, combo guard forward who doesn't, he's averaging two assists per game this season which is down from three assists per game last season. And he hasn't improved because they brought in pieces and, and the bench has looked better this season. So yeah, he's, he's a guy I'm not interested in. Like he, he's a potential drop at some point. Right. But uh, yeah. you know, play, play it out and see if he can, if he can kind of maintain that 15 points and five rebounds type deal, but he's not a player I'm very interested in. Yeah. Um, so let's roll through some quick waiver waiver ads here. First guy that I like bones Highland. So Bones, uh, it's between him and Monty Morris for me. Like Monty Morris is getting, uh, he's seen over 30 minutes in the last three games. Um, but I think Bones Highland is the, is the guy that you want to target really because I think he has the biggest upside. So if we just look at the, the last few games, man, he's averaging 11, three and three. Um, but the bigger thing is, is that I've seen his rapport with Nikola Jokic. And there's this one stretch of play on Saturday night where um, he went to Jokic three straight times until he figured out how to, how to score the rock. And then a couple of highlight plays. He just looks like a guy that's going to be a fixture of this rotation going forward. Mike Malone has stated that he wants to give him more minutes. He's never said that about Monty Morris. So I wouldn't be surprised despite him averaging uh, that be Monty Morris averaging 10, four and four over his last three. I'm actually more high on, on bones Highland. So um, yeah, that's my first guy. And then I'll throw out a couple others. Uh, we could take a little victory lap on a couple of guys we gave out last week, being Alex Caruso still balling, George Niang had a nice little run, Nick Batum still balling, Gary Payton the second, your boy Royce, Royce O'Neal. But a couple of guys that I think are one guys that you could target: Josh Hart, only forty percent rostered. He's getting a lot of minutes for the Pelicans, and he's looking really, really good over the last couple of games. Uh, Killian Hayes, I hate this guy, can't stand him whatsoever, but he's. <laughs> yeah. But he's put, he's filling up the box score though. He had a coming off a a four by five two games ago uh, on Saturday night. So definitely a dude if you're looking to to get some rebounds assists. Um, he's going to hurt your field goal percentage and and will probably crush your turnovers as well. But he does give you some some category value there. Um, and Matisse Thybul, he's coming up. He's he should be clearing the the COVID protocols this week. Uh, his stocks are best in the league right now. So. Uh, if he's on your waiver wires floating around, he's the defensive menace that you can pick up and uh, get some extra value there. Uh, who are some of the guys you're looking at this week? Some guys I'm looking at. Uh, we got uh, Taylor Horton Tucker actually made his return for the uh, Lakers on Sunday, and he played 27 minutes. Uh, in those 27 minutes, he shot 50% from the floor, 17 points, four boards, a steal and a block, just two turnovers. So I like him. Uh, as a pickup while LeBron is still out. Obviously when LeBron comes back, we're, you know, we're probably uh, not too hot on tail and Horton Tucker, but he's a guy in the short term. I also like Nasir little who's been in the last uh, four, in three of the last four games, he's put up three steals plus blocks per game. Yes, so I sir. like him, his, his minutes are on the rise too. Uh, and like I said earlier, 
I actually really like Isaiah Hartenstein and Gary Payton the second this week. Uh, both guys played four games. Uh, Hartenstein has shown what he can do when given uh, 20 plus minutes. He just like fills a stat sheet. And there's a couple games there that I think the Clippers could blow out their opponents. So I like I like that. Uh, I like that as a pickup this week. Yeah, I really love the Nasir Little, man. He's just been extremely valuable uh, waiver pickup over the last couple of, of over the last. I mean, pretty much for the season, man, uh, his defensive contributions and uh, points and rebounds. He, he, he's really effective there. So and then the Tony Bradley, uh, we don't know how long Vucevic is going to be out. Um, he should be able to get some uh, fill in that that front court void there with Vucevic out. They don't have a big front court in Chicago. So he's just by nature of opportunity. All right, so to close out the show, man, let's let's hit to the mailbag real quick. People hit you up on Twitter, so let's go through uh, three questions that we got from that. Adam, first question, I have Dylan Brooks on my IR, but I can't decide what to do with him. Category league, do I keep him over players like Derek White, Bobby Portis, Nick Batum, Jalen Brunson, my dude, or do I just send Brooks packing? This is an interesting one. I think... I mean, based on your you know, talking about Nick Batum, you'd probably drop him at this point, even even though he's a top <laughs> fifty player. But I don't know. No, I don't, no, think, I, probably, I don't think I'm dropping him. I probably you can't, do, you can't do that. You also like, but this is this is why I want to sell Dylan Brooks. Like I, w- I want to trade him away because I don't. I think there's value um, to his name right now and the performances that he's put up in in just the first two games back. Because I don't want to drop any of those guys. I don't want to drop Brunson. I don't want to drop Batum. Portis or Derek White. Like none of those guys are droppable in my opinion. Whereas like Dylan Brooks, I, I'd rather get some get some value back in return because I don't think long term Dylan Brooks is going to be a top 150 player this season, just like he wasn't last season, even with the high points per game. So while I don't want to drop Dylan Brooks, like those guys are better options than Dylan Brooks is. So I'd be looking to deal Dylan Brooks if I had him. All right. And uh who has been the best fantasy free agent pickup so far this season? Uh, it's got to be it's got to be Cole Anthony, right? No, nobody kind of expected him to take the reins in the backcourt. They, you know, maybe they thought Jalen Suggs was going to be the guy, or Jonathan Isaac was going to come back sooner. I, I have no idea when Jonathan Isaac's coming back, but Cole Anthony looks like the real deal. He's putting up huge stat lines. Uh, he's shooting a decent percentage from the floor. Uh, really good free throw percentage, lots of three pointers, defensive stats. He looks like the real deal ranked 33rd per game. And Jalen Suggs doesn't look like he's taking much away from him. And we have no idea when Markel Fultz is going to return. So I think Cole Anthony's here to stay. He he wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. So he's definitely the pickup of this season uh, right now. I would agree with you. Um, I don't think there's a, an, any better choice than that considering that I remember when he was sitting on waivers and after the first couple of games that he started to go off, I'm like, shit, why didn't I pick him up? Just taking that leap in the second year. He looks great. And um, yeah, definitely exceeding expectations. I did not foresee him getting that efficiency up um, and contributing across the board. Gary Trent Jr. is up there too, man. I don't know if he could keep this up with Siakam's usage coming back you know, into the full, but 28th per, on a per game basis right now. I know in our league, somebody you know, sniped him off the waiver wire for like $5 uh, on a hundred dollar fab budget. So he's looking like the real deal right now too. Just, just in terms of steals and three pointers, like he looks, he looks damn good right now. I mean, you could also argue your boy, Nick Batum here, right? (laughs) Dude, that's, that's true. 41 overall, like he's crushing right now, right? Like uh, on a permit on averages, he's, he's definitely a viable starter for you so these guys these expectations guys like nick batum royce o'neill they're forever underrated in nine category fantasy basketball leagues all right and uh final one who's your fantasy mvp through the first four weeks of the season i like this question i think i think for me fantasy mvp means you know a guy that like wasn't super high on people's radar but that is performing at a very high level and I think I think it has to be Miles Bridges. Like we we talk about him a lot and we talked about him last week. But 21 and a half points, 7.3 rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.6 steals, 0.9 blocks, you know, shooting 44% from the field, playing 36 minutes per game. Like he's he's here to stay. Nobody's taking his minutes, even with Terry Rozier back in the lineup. Like he still looks he still looks the part of an elite player. Um and and he's he's got top 25 potential this season uh, if he keeps this up. But 
So I would say Miles Bridges. I also really like Jonas Valanciunas and Miles Turner. If I'm going to pick a one A and one B, especially with with Zion not not looking like he's going to return anytime soon, uh, Valanciunas has been putting up monster numbers. And Miles Turner, nobody thought was going to repeat the 3.4 blocks per game. Guess what? He's averaging 3.4 blocks per game through 14 games. So he's a, he's a top 10 player right now. He's a, another one of those guys with the defensive you know, defensive menace, and and that's super underrated. And obviously. You know, top 10 right now in nine category leagues. Yeah, my choice was Miles Bridges, just for the obvious. Uh, I did not project this kind of a breakout. You already went through the numbers. Um, his, his free throw percentage has kind of dropped down a little bit, and so is his efficiency, but he's still uh, currently ranked 15th overall. He's been a top 20 player all year, and I don't see that stopping with um, his point guard, LaMelo Ball, who's I, I was surprised to see him go into a top 10 pick. Right now he is rank eighth overall. Um, no surprise at the jump that he's made averaging 19 points, uh, almost eight rebounds and seven assists with two steals. If he can get his field goal percentage up, you're looking at easily a top five fantasy pick going forward, man, because those defensive metrics are just they're baller. So, um, LaMelo ball has been great. I agree with Jonas Valachunas as well. 13 and a half rebounds. I mean, for as bad as the Pelicans are, he's been a stud and shooting 90% from the line stupid um so yeah I, I agree with both of those and miles turner his issue's always been his health right like but so far so good he's you can't i mean those blocks oh man that's just tough but uh honorable mention for me is um a guy that i think i said to sell early the season was uh harrison barnes he's still getting 37 minutes a game and averaging 21.8 rebounds to assist shooting 50 percent from the field so I was wrong on that, man. Harrison Barnes is also here to stay, um, assuming he gets, assuming he doesn't get traded or anything like that. But yeah, he's been a rock star uh, this season. Currently ranked twenty-two overall right now. So, all right, that will conclude our show. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to check out. Be sure to check out our fantasy article on the Action Network that kind of goes through our scheduling, scheduling parameters that we discussed, and some some uh, free agent pickups. If you want some additional details, you can find them there. Make sure to download the award-winning Action Network app to tail any bets with all of our action experts. Hit us up for the mailbag. I know Adam's going to be sending out another tweet for next week. We want to answer your questions. Make sure that you guys are getting the info you need to win your fantasy leagues. So be sure to check him out on Twitter at Adam Koffler. You can find me at Dan Titus. Until next week, we'll holla at you. Peace. Peace.